You're listening to the God Center Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. As the mom of four young boys, I know motherhood's hard. But sometimes I think I make it harder than it needs to be by putting myself in the center of things or even my kids. I forget to place God there and be led by His Spirit. I also tend to forget that I'm surrounded by God. He goes before me, He walks with me on the hard days, and He comes behind me when I make a mistake. So each week I'll interview someone new and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-centered mom. Thanks for listening. Welcome y'all to the God-Centered Mom podcast. I cannot even believe um, how God works out life and the way he has blessed me in through this online ministry he's given me. Um, a year ago, I went to a session and for the first time heard um, my guests speak. And through her session, it was the first time I was given permission to stay home and do something else. And in her case, she was speaking about writing and staying home. And what I love most about our guest, yes, she has quite an impressive resume, and I'll put that in our show notes, but mostly I love how she seeks God first, and she truly is a God-centered mom. Um, So without further ado, let me welcome Trisha Goyer. Welcome, Trisha. Thank you so much for having me. It's great just talking with you today. And um, the rest of our story is I heard Trisha speak. And then what did we do this year, Trisha? We got to sleep together. (laughs) We roomed together. We stayed in a bed together and stayed up all night chatting. Yeah, we um, didn't really sleep. We talked more than we slept. (laughs) So when I asked Trisha to come... um, I was like, well, I don't know exactly what we'll talk about, but I'm sure we won't have a problem talking. (laughs) The problem will be keeping it to 30 minutes. Um, But Tricia, I I was just drawn to your story, first of all, just of the how you became a mom, the the beginning of your motherhood story, and then where God took it. So let's just tell um, the listeners the ages of your children and, um, and how they came about. Okay. Well, I have six kids. Um, they range in age from 24 down to three. And so Corey is 24. He is married to Katie and they have two little ones. Um, Clayton is two and Chloe is just two months old. Aww. Yeah, she's a sweetie. And Leslie is 21. Um, she's a missionary in the Czech Republic this year. Nathan is 19. He's uh, going to the University of Little Rock. And then we have three little adopted ones. Bella is six, Alyssa is three, and Casey is three. So, I mean, there's a story in each one of those children. But, you know, just starting my parenting journey, um, it wasn't something I had planned. I found myself pregnant um, 17. I was a senior in high school. I was an honor roll student, a cheerleader. Um, I'd been dating the same guy for three years um, and actually... I had gotten pregnant too when I was 15 and chose to have an abortion, which is something I greatly regret. Um, that's something that I've found a lot of healing through and I've you know, talked to a lot of women and just encouraged them to carry their babies because I just know the pain that that brought. Um, so when I found myself pregnant again at 17, I knew that I wanted to have this baby. I, I knew the pain of, that abor- abortion brought and so... I, here I was, senior in high school, actually dropped out of high school because my boyfriend uh, broke up with me within Mm -hmm. two weeks and was dating a new girl and I didn't want to, 
was just heartbreaking to see that. And uh, my friends were going on with their life and all the whispers and all the stares. Um, this was in 1989, so it wasn't teen pregnancy. wasn't, no, there's no teen mom shows. <laughs> I mean, it was completely different. And I ended up just um, doing classes. I did a community class, so I went two days a week and did work there. And then she gave me homework, so it was like part homeschooling part community classes and I ended up um, finishing my education through that and graduating. And then uh, two weeks after graduation, I had a little baby boy who's, uh, like I said, 24 now and married and an awesome, awesome guy. But, you know, really it was just, I wasn't prepared to be a mom, but God really used that because it was during my pregnancy um, that my boyfriend was gone. My friends were not around. They're just going on with their senior year. And it was my mom and grandma's um, Bible study friends that reached out to me. They gave me a baby shower. They just cared. They loved on me. They were concerned about me. They invited me to Bible study in church. And because of the love of those women and just how they reached out to me, I thought, you know what, maybe God still loves me too. And I, um, when I was about six months along, I dedicated my life to God and started living with Him. And that's where everything changed. So really, that pregnancy changed everything in my life and, and brought me closer to Jesus. Mm. That's awesome. And I I like that that you shared about your mom and her Bible study because I was gonna ask, you know, what was your support system during yeah. that time? Were you, you know, doing classes and taking care of baby? I mean, I, having a first baby is an exhausting experience when you have a husband at home and you're staying home full time. So, um, your support system, did you live with your mom? Did you Yes. Yeah. I lived with my mom and my stepdad, and it was, um, you know, like, Mom, how do I do this? And Mom, yeah. here I'm 17, I had babysat, but, you know, just being a new mom, everything is so new and different and breastfeeding and, yeah. um, you know, just trying to figure it all out. And there was uh, just like a week when Corey had colic, and I don't know what was up with that week, but... <laughs> I would like literally go to my mom's bedroom and knock on the door like, mom, can you just hold him for an hour? Because he was just crying and crying. And it only lasted a week. But I don't even know what I would do if I didn't have my mom there. Like, I'm so thankful that she was there all the time. And I had a friend um, that babysat too. Um, when I I started taking some college classes and I had a friend, I think she charged me like $2 an hour. I mean, she was just like trying to help me out. She had a little one too and she was married. So really, I mean, God brought these people in my life that really made a difference. Well, and you know, when I got back from hearing your story, I shared it on my blog and was contacted by, um, a couple who had just found out that their daughter, uh, had a teenage pregnancy, and they just were overwhelmed with thankfulness mm. to see the end of your story and to be encouraged to support their daughter. They brought her into their home. They're helping raise their granddaughter, and I think it, it was it was like casting a vision that this thing that would seem I, I don't know why you know we have in our heads that our teenage boys using drugs and our daughters getting pregnant. That's like it. Like that means we right. are the worst moms ever. Like we're trying to avoid those things. And I've just, just hearing your story and hearing how God redeemed it and that he actually through that brought him, your, you closer to him that as moms, we just need to hold our kids open-handed and let God through whatever circumstances bring our children to him. So Absolutely. thank you for being open about your story. Thank you for sharing it. And I hope listeners um, who may be in similar situations, who, who may have, who may be older and have older children and are, are 
struggling through a hard season of teenage years that they can be encouraged to love their kids through those times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So you, you have those three kids and, um, I think it was when you, after you'd had your three kids, you started writing. Is that, is that right? That's when you started uh, your writing career. I did. Yeah. And I'll bring in my, you know, my husband (laughs) (laughs) and you got married. Yes. Let's talk about that. When did you get Um, married? After I had Corey, I, when I was pregnant, actually, after I gave my heart to the Lord, I started praying for my future husband and that God would just bring someone that loved God and loved me and loved my son. And God did, like right away, um, right after Corey was born, I met John, who was the pastor's son at my mom's church, and we started dating. And we actually got married when Corey was nine months old. Oh. So it was really, really quick. I mean, I'm just like, this is a, an awesome guy who loves God. I am holding on to you. <laughs> um, so we got married real quick. And then we had two more kids right away. Um, so by the time I was 22, I was pregnant with my third baby. Wow. And, um, I was, I remember I was in the church nursery and talking to my friend, Cindy, and she, she mentioned as we're sitting there watching kids in the church nursery that she wanted to write a book or she was working on a book. And when she said that, it was like, I want to do that too. I mean, I grew up loving to read and it just was like, just like something inside of me said, that's something that I wanted to do. And, uh, we attended our first writers conference together, the Mount Hermon Christian Writers Conference, and I was um, eight and a half months pregnant with my third. <laughs> so, wow. really, I've, I've ever since I've been writing, I've had these little kids at home. So it has been the balance of I feel I felt God called me to this. I mean, I just feel such joy when I sit down. I'm able to express myself, and it, it took years of rejection. I mean, years and years of just putting stuff out there and not getting anything published. But you know. From the very beginning, it was the balance of writing and being a mom. Um, so that was my journey. And I was, um, I wanted to tell all the listeners actually, Trisha has a new book coming out called Balance, um, sharing her story of working from home and having young kids. And um, it just goes into, I think, really drawing the reader into knowing God's heart and following God's heart. And so I was reading in her book a story of at the beginning of this writing journey, not quite having the balance and trying to do everything her friends were doing and doing the, the writing from home. And, and how did that work out for you, Tricia? <laughs> I was a crazy mess. I was so frustrated and overwhelmed. You know, I had my kids signed up for all the activities and trying to volunteer at church and lead Bible studies and teach Sunday school and help clean the church and help cook for the Wednesday night supper. So I was, I was, I was, I was trying to do everything that everyone else was doing and raise my kids and homeschool them and then write. So, yeah. you know, and it was the the point um, of my husband really stopping me and said, we have to get control of this because I was just an emotional mess because I was so exhausted and so overwhelmed and so guilty and I felt like I didn't live up. And it really was my husband sitting us down and we worked through this little, the system um, that I talk about in the book Balanced of, you know, saying what things are absolutely vital that I have to do every day, like feed my children and and what things was I doing because of guilt? Mm. What things was I doing because I didn't want to say no? You know, what things did I really feel called to? And just him and I working through that um, really cleaned up my schedule and it wasn't like a one-time fix-all. There has been other times that I've had to go back and do that. But just realizing that I don't have to keep up with everyone else and no one expects me. It was like my own expectations. Mm. Um, And it wasn't good for my kids. It wasn't good for my family. So now I'm more prone to say no to everything (laughs) until I feel God stirring within saying, no, this is actually something that I want you to do. 
Um, but well, it, it is finding that balance. And I think, you know, I, I grew up in a family, um, actually, my sister, my oldest sister was born when my mom was 17. And then she had another son. And then there's a huge gap. And then there's me and my younger brother. And so my mom kind of had the same perspective you are having with your three and your three, that with your first three, you're just trying to do everything. And with your second ones, you kind of have perspective and age and mm-hmm. you know that they're going to turn out. You don't have to feel this pressure of, um, if I don't do this, then they're not going to be the soccer champion of the world. And right. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, I, that's the benefit too, I think with you already having parented once. And also you had told me, I think we were talking uh, at the conference, you wrote like four or five books this year, which blew my mind. But she said, yeah. you're like, I've been doing this for what? You said 30 years you've been writing? What, 20, yeah, 20, 20 years. 20 years, sorry, 20. That's right. okay. Yeah, that makes you, yeah, no. You're, I know you're 21. So <laughs> yeah, you, well, since the age of one, you've been writing. But, yeah. you know, 20 years of writing, so you've got – the fact that this career that you have that you're doing while you're home with kids, it comes a little more naturally. Parenting comes a little bit more naturally, although having adopted children, that's a whole nother it is. set of, of situations coming up and appointments. But um, I think that's good perspective for young moms who might be listening that, you know, um, there are things we feel obligated to do because of our fear of what our children will become that we maybe need to just sit down with our husbands, sit down with God and say, God, what do you want for my children? Not what does Sally Susie down the street think is most important, but what, what is our most important goals? Yeah. And just looking at their natural bent mm. um, and what they're, what they're good at and what they enjoy doing just naturally. And I, I pictured my kids when I first had the three as empty vessels and mm. I had to like do everything and fill them up. They needed music and art and soccer and I had to you know, just teach them everything and they were just empty. And so it was up to me to mold them. And really God showed me over the years that he already has a plan for who they are mm. and what he wants them to do. And I just need to like tune into that and mm. see what their natural gifts and talents and bents are and just help them develop those things mm. and help them be strong in those areas. Um, my daughter's very outgoing. She loves people. She loves Bible study. So I just poured like lots of books into her and made sure, you know, she was in leadership classes and Bible study classes and she just loves that. And my sons are more quiet and they serve in quiet ways. And I didn't try to push them. I mean, at first I'm like, okay, you need to be just like your sister, but right. now it's like, God showed me this is the way I designed them and just and focusing on their gifts and their strengths and encouraging them in those areas. Well, I think the other part of your story that really stood out to me um, is so often in church we split up our families and I go there and you go there and he goes there and we're not really together serving. And I, I loved how, you know, in your obedience to following God, um, in particular I'm thinking of the pregnancy center, that, that your children went with you and you were serving together. Tell a little bit more about that, that story. Yeah, absolutely. When, um, because of my experience with crisis pregnancy, um, my pastor wanted to start a crisis pregnancy center at our church. There wasn't a crisis pregnancy center for a couple hours away. 
And he approached me. And at first I thought, no, you know, this is not for me. I was writing. I was taking care of kids. I mean, my my schedule looked full. That's, you know, of course, saying no to things. Mm -hmm. But then when I prayed about it, God just like, no, you need to, you know, remember the person you were. And remember how those women reached out to you. And I'm like, you're right. But then I was dragging my kids around. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I felt, this is how I felt. I was, you know, they were there helping at the teen mom support group with babysitting or serving food or helping to organize diapers. And I thought, I am so such a bad mom that I'm making them come along with me and serve. And, you know, um, we also volunteered together. My husband has a passion for children's ministry. So that's another area that our kids were involved in serving. And so we did these family ministries. And I thought, oh, my poor kids, they're not, you know, at, at away soccer games over the weekends because they're serving. Well, I've just discovered that it God had that plan for them because they have such servant hearts and they love just reaching out to people. I got a phone call from my mom, my, my daughter, and she's like, mom, I just met this girl and, um, at, she, she was working at Panera and mm-hmm. my daughter's like, and she just, um, had a car accident her car seat's broken. So can we just go buy her a car seat? You know, Aww. she just is reaching out to people. And then my son, um, one day we're getting ready for church. He's 19, and he usually rode with us to church, and he, was, he said, I'm taking my own car. And I'm like, okay, why? And he goes, well, um, there's th- these blind people, and pe- they get rides to church, and they don't have um, a ride this week, so I told him I would do it. And I'm like, you know what? It wasn't like I was like, son, you should really be serving people. and <laughs> you, know, you need to find a ministry. Right. It's like because I grew up serving that it's just a part of who they are. And I thought that I was being such a bad mom <laughs> for dragging them around. But God used that and t- to develop them into p- the people that they are today. So, so cool. I think, I mean, you inspired me definitely because I kind of had viewed everything as separate. Mm. I, I need to find my ministry and and maybe I need to speak truth over my boys. You know, you need to find your ministry. But I I hadn't really thought of inviting them in to even like my writing, um, to, to even what we considered work, that they could be a part of that process. It was kind of like I viewed it as I need to get away and right. go do that work and um, find a sitter for them. Or I think it was you who said when you would be working on a novel or a book idea, you would bring it to the family dinner table and say, hey, guys, I'm trying to work out this plot line or, or, yeah. or these characters. And they would discuss it. And I was like, Oh, it was like, boom, mind blowing. (laughs) I can tell my boys I'm working on a book. Like I literally hadn't even told them. It was like I had a sitter come and I would leave. Right. And I hadn't said, yeah, this, I mean, if we don't model how we're using our giftedness to serve God, then we're just talking and they don't know what it looks like. We don't paint a picture of what they can do. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. And I've, I've taken them, you know, when I've interviewed World War II veterans, I mean, they've come along and, you know, at first I'm sure that they thought it was boring, but as soon as the stories started coming, they got excited about it. Mm-hmm. And then just to show them like, Hey, look at this magazine article. Remember that story, you know, that we, we did or this activity and how I used it in this article or mm-hmm. look at this book. Remember when we prayed about that, that mommy needed help. Um, yes finding the story that look at what God did. And it, it has just shown them that this is our thing together and they do feel a part of it. And, um, you know, even now in January, our Christmas gift is for our families. We're going to Florida. 
Yay. On vacation <laughs> because I'm going to research uh, for some novels that are going to be set in Pinecraft in Florida. And so even my, my 24-year-old, my daughter-in-law, my grandkids, like, family vacation, mom's going to research a book. That's great. Um, and so now, even now, that they're, it, it's like a family thing. And they yeah. love being a part of it. I think that's awesome. And you said, I mean, I'm amazed by your focus because I have a really hard time writing with distractions, but I guess you just trained yourself to do that. Like you would homeschool, you'd all be, you, had, you said your husband made a huge desk that he wrapped did. around yes. and you would like type a little bit and then turn and answer a math problem and type a little bit. So that's yeah. amazing. I mean, did you just train yourself or are you naturally able to handle distractions? No, I, I think it was training myself um, because that's the only option I had <laughs> you yeah. know, when I am homeschooling and I have book deadlines and I, you know, they go to bed, but often I'm too tired to stay up and work or, you know, there's only a limited amount of time after they go to bed. And so that was my option that when, you know, we're, they're homeschooling, I get them started. And of course we did reading and Bible stuff together, but then there's, you know, things are working on their own and I would be working on my stuff and it was all, okay, we're all doing our homework here. Um, and it was, it was something I just had to train myself to do. I I don't think it came naturally. Um, but still today, you know, even when the little kids are running around, I'm trying to answer emails or write a blog or something and they're right there in the room with me. And how do you handle, like, I have a hard time like having my computer open when my kids are around. Do you, what what do you say or how, what do you do about that? Like, that's just what they know. Right. And I think, um, part of it is just having it for unlimited time. So it's not like hours on end, you know, Mm. so maybe there's three emails that I know I need to answer. So I'll say, okay, you know, put this or color for 10 minutes. And I'll sometimes even put a timer on and mommy's going to answer these emails. And when it comes off, then I'll do your puzzle with you. Mm. So give them a a time limit that this is what I'm doing. And then we're going to be able to do it. And it's so cute. My three-year-old guy, um, I'll say, mommy has to, you know, work for just 10 minutes. He's like, again, (laughs) he knows, but as soon as that, you know, the timer goes off or, um, you know, as soon as I I answer that email, then I'm down and I will play with them a little bit longer or get them set up in Play-Doh. So it's not just like for hours on end, I'm just sitting there with the computer open, but, but they do know that, okay, mom's working and it's again. And, um, I have one children's book, um, that I wrote called 10 minutes to showtime and they can relate to that one the most because (laughs) Children's book, and so I'll see, see, mom, remember how mommy wrote this book? And I'll show them mommy has to work for a little bit, just you know, 15 minutes or whatever. And I think giving them something to look at makes them see, okay, mommy's working, yeah. Um, and and make it just not like hours on end. Well, and for you, I'm thinking like for writers who have no children around, they can get sucked into so many distractions, you're kind of forced to be efficient. I have to write fast. Yeah, yeah. I have to write really fast because, you know, it's nap time or it's bedtime or I have to do something in 15 minutes while they're playing with their Play-Doh. So it does. It, it forced me to write fast, which I think has really benefited my writing because I am able to write, you know, four or five books a year because when I sit down, I just have to write. I can't, like, play Candy Crush or, like, I don't, I've never even opened that game. I, I don't, don't even know. know what that game is. Yes, yeah. I'm sure someone knows, but I don't – if it's addicting, I don't want to start. I don't want to yeah, start. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, that's good. I think, you know, with you, it's writing and not, that's not true for everyone. Um, some people, I I brought this up in a blog post, they, they're staying home full time, but they used, they used to work outside the home Mm -hmm. and they're not finding staying at home fully satisfying. Uh, and yet they have the struggle. They, they have told me, 
I know I should be fully satisfied in Christ alone. And I know that this parenting should be satisfying, but it's not. So Mm. should I go back to work full time? And, and in my head, I'm thinking it doesn't have to be an all or nothing. Like it doesn't have to be, you are growing your own food and, and making Play-Doh from scratch and doing these theme-based crafts for your kids and constantly reading to them and being totally child-focused or you put them in daycare and you go work outside the home. Like I feel like even if you don't do something for money, even if you financially can stay home full-time, I just want to paint a picture that that, that God has gifted you for a lot. And, and being a mom is not – I'm not – minimizing that role that's a very important role that is probably the most important role you'll play on this earth but I want to I want to through this interview kind of give glimpses that they should seek God and if he's mm-hmm. t- given them a, a inspiration or a talent or an interest or a ministry that it's okay to bring your kids along in that yeah absolutely you know, and, and really, I mean, God has designed us all with good plans and talks about, you know, plans that he knew even before the creation of the world. And when we're feeling discontent, it's because we're not doing what God has called us to do. Like, mm. I am so, like, I'm busy and life is, you know, sometimes I'm exhausted, but I feel such a content that I'm I'm doing what he's called me to do with working with teen moms and writing and caring for these kids. Like, there's such a contentment there. And usually when I talk about that, like at mops groups or other groups, I just see tears around the room because there's so many women that are you know trying to be that full time mom and doing all these things and organic cooking and stuff, which is great for some. Like some people are totally called to that, but some people are just doing it because they think that's what they need to do. And one thing I always ask is if you can do anything and know it could succeed, um, what would it be? Mm. And I could just see their tears in their faces and they, they think they're, that they can't do that or they do after, like after the kids start school or after they graduate, then I'll pursue these dreams. But I think it's so important, even if it's just 30 minutes a day, an hour a day, um, just saying, okay, I'm going to focus on, you know, I'm called to paint or I just love painting or I love writing or I love cooking. Or what, whatever it is, just to, you know, give a little bit of time. And that's really showing our kids that they have a purpose. I mean, if we just pour ourselves and totally center our whole lives on them and then say, you have good dreams and God has a dream for you. Well, what's that teaching them if we don't follow our dreams? Yeah. But when we follow our dreams and we say, look at what, look at this painting that I made. Like God gave me this gift and I have such joy. I mean, then it helps them to discover their gifts and what they want to do. And, um, you know, I would just spent last weekend with a friend, um, her name's Amy Lively and she runs the neighborhood cafe and she is the most hospitable person. And her gift is just, um, she goes and meets her neighbors and she has them over, uh, once a month for a coffee time. And she's, this is such a passion of hers that she created kits that she sends out to people and teaches them how to do these neighborhood cafes. But this is just her gift is just hospitality. She just loves having people over and getting to know her neighbors. And God used that now that she's impacting other people to do that in their own neighborhoods. So that was just a mom saying, you know, here I am, I'm a mom and I'm serving God at home, but I love my neighbors and how can I use that for God? And and again, modeling for your kids that, that gift, that gift of hospitality and opening their home and, and it not just, I feel like sometimes if we over, focus on our kids then our kids get egocentric and they their only goal is to be comfortable and for everything to be convenient and to be controlled and and 
pushing them a little bit to be uncomfortable. I remember going with my mom to take groceries and make meals for a woman uh, with diabetes who was blind. I mean, so that struck me like this is what we do. We just go and we serve other people. Yeah, and it really impacts our kids, and we're training them what it is to serve Christ and be Christ followers and to center our world on Him instead of having the world centered on the kids, because <laughs> yeah. they do. It's easy, because they're so darn cute. They are cute um, sometimes. Especially with my adopted little one starting all over, I'm like, oh my goodness, you are so cute. I just want to hold you all day, but yeah. no, you know, we're going to serve, and we're going to grow together, and um, it's not all about you. It's about God, and just keep pointing it back to Him. Now, when um, I know our time is coming, and I knew this would happen because I could talk to you for days, um, <laughs> and I have. What, uh, as far as knowing God, I mean, if a listener is saying, yeah, how do you know God? How do you listen to God? You keep saying, just follow what God says. When do you find time in the midst of writing and young children and other ministries? Do you have a set time that you meet with God? And what does that look like for you? Well, I used to have a set time, and then I adopted three more kids. <laughs> so, I mean, I really, my favorite thing is to wake up early in the morning, and uh, which my kids get up at 6.30, so I really need to wake up at 5 or 5.30 if mm-hmm. I want to have quiet time. Um, but I love that morning, getting my cup of coffee or tea and sitting down with my Bible, my Bible study notes or a devotional book, and just spending time with God. It doesn't always happen. I say that happens say that happens maybe three days a week. So the other four days a week, it's, you know, when I, you know, they're taking a nap or when I'm blow drying my hair, I literally will have my cell phone and I'll pull up either a Kindle devotional book or um, the Bible on my phone and read scripture. But really my, my life goes so much better when I focus on him and my heart is so much fuller and I'm a happy mom. I'm a more peaceful mom. So I really, really need that time with him. Sometimes it's at nighttime. Like sometimes finally when they're in bed, you know, when I eight o'clock, I'll come downstairs and just like, I just need to read and pray for like 15 minutes just to get me centered again, even before I start writing. And I do, you know, try to write and before I, before I, set the words on the paper, pray to him. Um, But one book that really impacted me that I I can't recommend enough is um, the Experiencing God Bible Study. Yes. And it's just a workbook that you can get. And I've done it by myself. I used to do it every year. um, Wow. Like six or seven times in a row. Like it's so impacting. It is. But just, it's like, see what God is doing and join him. Yes. Um, see what doors are opening. Because so many times we try to kick doors down and, and open doors. But just see what God is doing. See the people that he's brought into your life. And, um, you know, it's not a coincidence your friend calls. Or it's not a coincidence that someone's on your mind when you wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. And that book, it's, it's like, not, God's not an audible voice saying, listen to me. This is your plan for the day. Um, but like with the Crisis Pregnancy Center, when I was praying about that and sitting there saying, I'm, I'm going to tell my pastor no because I cannot start this crisis pregnancy center. It wasn't an audible voice, but God immediately brought to mind those women and the women that reached out to me and being that scared teenager and making the choices that I did. And um, it was like his spirit was saying to mine, what about you? You know, you need to be the type of woman to other girls like those women were to you. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like this audible voice, but just like this inner knowing that God was um, speaking to me. So, you know, of course, the pastor is the one that approached me. I never would have came out, came upon it on my by my own. 
Um, but it's just like saying, okay, God, is this from you? And are you opening the doors? And what doors do you need to close in order, order for me to walk through these other ones? And he will let you know. It's amazing how a scripture, a song, a, a blog that you read, a, a note from your friend, a comment from your pastor, a sermon. I mean, God is really good about letting us know, but our minds and our hearts have to be open to what he wants and not just pushing our way to what we think we want. When I heard someone say, you know, God's working. <laughs> He's yes. already working. He's just waiting for you to join him. So if we're not, you know, taking, like you said, it's not like an official time of day that you meet with God, but you know, because you've experienced God, mm-hmm. you know what that feels like. You've been tethered before that you know how to go back to that point and how to experience him again. And it doesn't have to be this set time of day or a specific way. You just know you need God. and. Yes. That's just what drives you t- to him. And, and it's when we've spent so much time away from experiencing God that we forget that we can and how much better life goes and, and how we can join him. I mean, I think that that is the, totally the line that stuck for me from experiencing God is he is at work and see where he's working and join him. Yeah, absolutely. I think about that every single day. Yeah. And, you know, and just bringing it to prayer, bringing everything to prayer. I mean, my husband's traveling for work now and he travels about a week out of the month. And so my prayer has been just keep us close, even though he's away. And Mm. so it's just amazing. Like that's a prayer that I have to pray over and over and over because I know that can be a weakness. And so, you know, just bring everything to God in prayer and it really makes a difference. That's so good. Oh, Tricia, you are just a wealth of wisdom and experience. And I just always appreciate you sharing um, what's going on in your life and what you've learned And I really hope we can talk again because I just feel like you're a great guest to have. So thank you. I would love it anytime. I love talking with you. Well, I just hope we could talk for hours on this. And oh, I should mention, Trisha is one of like the first podcasts actually and the one that I listen to regularly while I grocery shop. Um, Check out her. Is it? Wait, I'm going to forget the name. Oh, my goodness. Living Inspired. Living Inspired. Yes. Living Inspired. I just think Trisha Goyer. That's what I think in my head. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but you can find it on iTunes, and she interviews fabulous authors and guests, and um, it's wonderful. So thank you, Trisha. And I hope um, whoever's listening, that as you begin this next year, as you're looking forward to what activities your family's involved in, what, what ministries you're going to be a part of, what goals you have for this year, that you would just meet with God and that you would see where he's working and that you would be selective and that your balance would come not from outside influences but from knowing God's heart for you and for your family and all the the purposes he has planned for you so thank you for listening bye-bye thanks for listening to the God-centered mom podcast I hope you enjoyed our guests as much as I did and if you're looking for resources on how to replace me with he go to godcenteredmom.com I want you to know that God is just as present at your kitchen sink as your church pew, that he sees your service and he is pleased. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you and he will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.